and welcome to this crossover edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast and the Locked On Tampa Bay Lightning podcast. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast and Locked On Tampa Bay Lightning podcast your first listen of the day. Let me introduce myself for everyone on the Tampa Bay Lightning feed. My name is Armando Velez. You can follow me on Twitter at Monoman12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And thankful once again for doing yet another crossover edition of the show with the host of Locked On Tampa Bay Lightning, Adam Danker. Adam, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing good, Armando. We're slowly but surely crawling towards the beginning of the season. I feel like this is probably the longest summer we've had, or actually the longest pause in action, if you want to call it, since actually the days of COVID. Uh, cannot stress how bad I can't wait for this season to start. And uh, yeah, we our teams have made some moves. Yours has been a little bit more notable than mine, but excited for the season and the uh, that fight in the Atlantic Division to start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's big anticip- anticipation going into opening night. But hey, we got some we got some NFL football in the meantime. Yeah. In between both yours and my NFL teams, got some dubs uh, this weekend. Your New York Giants by Miami Dolphins got some dubs this weekend. So in the meantime, we have we have that to fill the sports void in, in our lives right before preseason hockey just in a, in just a few weeks now but let's let's get let's get right into it man um you you're you're the team that you cover uh mo- mostly the way, the impression that i got from the Tampa Bay Lightning was really they were they were rewarding the guys who really got them their cups of course three straight Stanley Cup appearances and of course we live in a cap world and of course the big losses of Andre Pilat and trading Ryan McDonough to the Nashville Predators, getting Philip Myers back and then extending him for a year. was The impression I got was, okay, we're up against the cap. There are players who have got us there the, the, from, the temp, from the Julian Brisewell perspective. So as far as paying them, it's, the way I say it is like a thank you for winning the cup. Let's continue yeah. to run it back. What's your impression of it? Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, it was 100%, you know, a thank you uh, for, for winning us the cup. And, yeah, it's it's one of those things where in the moment, I, I mean, we we kind of kind of felt like it it was about to come, you know, the, the extensions for all the guys that didn't really have their extensions uh, long term. And, yeah, it's, it's a thank you, but at the same time, it's just like, look at the checkbook the other night but uh you know what it, it it was it's very well deserved you got to keep your guys while you can you know we all know how tough it is to find very high quality players in this business so you know if you could extend your guys for eight more years and uh give them uh you know the much needed money that they want then you know what you're gonna have to deal with it but at the same time uh you know they're gonna have to come out and produce uh, i was talking about this on my show how it with Eric Chernak being one of those high extension guys is that, yeah, that's a great, ex, you know, extension for Chernak, but at the same time, you know, he is an aging defenseman, which, you know, I hope the lightning did take into account. Uh, they did give that same extension, uh, obviously a little bit of maybe of a higher dollar figure to Ryan McDonough not too long ago. So, you know, you're going to see over time, you know, the him, unfortunately not really be as worth in terms of performance uh to this contract but that's why you know they gave it to him because you know he also brings that leadership mentality which you know you can't find really much up in today's game 
Yeah, and I saw, I, I remember just Eric Chernak um, playing a lot of time with Victor Hedman as well. Daily Faceoff actually has him projected as the, in the second pair with Mikhail Sergachev. Um, yeah. for, for the people on the Panthers uh, feed, the following extensions that were given to the Tampa Bay Lightning were Eric Chernak, Anthony Sorelli, uh, and Nick Paul, who they recently traded from the Ottawa Senators um, in the trade deadline of last year. So, I'm, I, but also, um, Adam, I must say, even though the Tampa Bay Lightning lost in the Stanley Cup final this time around, mm. I thought this might have been their most impressive run in this in the Stanley Cup playoffs based on the adversity that they that they faced, based on the mileage that has been on their bodies as well. And for the first time in the three years that they made the final, they were down two games one yeah. time to the New York Rangers. So that was their you you had you had you they've been behind in series in their first two uh Stanley Cup runs, but the fact that they were able to still crawl back from 2 nothing against New York. Of course, we all know what happened against the Florida Panthers, but I thought this was a very impressive run um, from the Tampa Bay Lightning, especially with all the mileage. Yeah, it, it was definitely impressive. I mean, there there were some things that you could take from the other runs as well that could probably be just as equally impressive. But uh, I would say that what was really most impressive about this, um, and I'm sure you could agree, was the fact that you know, there was a lot of times in each series where they had teams slap them right back in the face. Uh, even in the Florida series, there was moments where Florida came out really feisty at certain points in the games and, and the Lightning were able to weather the storm. And I really think that's what uh, you saw a lot differently from this team this this time out. You know, even though it didn't end up in, in a Stanley Cup victory, uh, I don't I don't think I could say here confidently that especially in the bubble back in 2020 that we could say that this lightning team would have been able to handle some of the onslaughts that they saw especially you know I don't think they would have been able to win a series like the one they had against Toronto in the first round uh, that was an insane round uh, insane round within itself um uh, and I don't think a 2020 lightning team would have been able to win that series maybe 21 a little bit more arrested but uh, yeah, and it, it, it really what it comes down to is the evolution of this team and, and really the maturity that this team has been able to collect over the last couple of years. And, and yeah, so I, I think you're right. I think this team was a lot different. I think in many ways a lot better. And, and you could see by the tough run that they had that they were able to weather the storm and still go back to the Stanley Cup final and even be down to a team and, and even have a chance at coming back and beating a team like, you know, the eventual Stanley Cup champs, the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, and uh, let's not forget a, a 2 nothing hole that they faced um, on the road against the New York Rangers, against yeah. Igor Shosturkin. Uh, a very close game three that really turned the series around for them as yeah. well in that in that Eastern Conference final as well. Um, so I want to also talk about the start of the season for um, the Tampa Bay Lightning coming up. Um some some injuries that uh, according to Cat Friendly, um, one of them say Zach Bogosian and Anthony Sorelli. What are their statuses going into uh, this uh, the beginning of the season? Sorelli, uh, we're probably not going to see him for a little while. Um, you know, just some stuff weathered weathered injuries over from that last playoff run. Uh, probably going to miss him for the first couple weeks of the season. Uh, Bogo, I expect him to be back, um, but. You know, the, the, I was talking on actually the show I recorded earlier today that, you know, the Lightning, the good thing about them is that they're not afraid to go to their farm system. They're not afraid to get some guys from Syracuse and bring them 
bring him to Tampa and not only to fill roles, but those guys also have experience at the NHL level. So a lot of the times when they go into their farm system, you know, you're not necessarily worried about what's coming back in terms of an experience because a lot of these guys have been at the NHL level uh, sparingly here and there. So, you know, and, and that's part of the reason why you saw uh, Julian Brees-Boss get a guy like Philip Myers back from Nashville, extend him a little bit because, yeah, they also got Ian Cole this offseason, but you kind of figured with BOGO uh, and, and also certain defensemen going down at certain times, you know, it's good to have uh, that depth, uh, that depth that the Lightning are so well known for. Um, kind of have that in their back pocket. So, uh, yeah, you're going to have guys here and there uh, hit inj- hit the injury table. I mean, that's just that's just the, a normal uh, yearly occurrence occurrence now for the Lightning. Uh, next guy up uh, attitude, and you know, uh, but it's not going to be you know end end worlders uh, that we might see some with uh, some other teams. So, uh, yeah, that's that's what we got for uh, for our injuries this year. Yeah, and uh, I remember seeing a chart of the amount of players who have gone through Syracuse and getting to the NHL from from the Tampa Bay Lightning system, and it really yeah. dates all the way back to their previous uh, GM in Steve Eiserman and just Julian Breezewell was able to take that uh, to Stanley Cup victory and just continuing that um, that for the Tampa Bay Lightning. But we're going to transition over to the next segment where Adam is going to ask me Florida Panthers-related questions on – on this on on the upcoming season we're going to talk about that next but first we're going to tell you all about athletic greens and our next partner is something that i've been using more often because you know sometimes coffee can be a little addicting if you drink a little bit of it too much and you know instead of drinking three or four two or three cups of coffee you know maybe maybe transition maybe over to athletic greens and what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, adaptogen to help start your day off right. What Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop of water every day. That's it. Uh, no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, Armando. So the time has come because I have really been waiting all off season to ask you these questions because it, it, I have to say, and I think a lot of people could agree that, you know, the Florida Panthers have really, really had one of the more interesting off seasons in recent memory. And they're, they're an interesting team to watch. Well, they were an interesting team to watch going into the off season because uh, like you alluded to before, not exactly a very ideal ending to the season. Uh, you know, after what they had, after what they did during the regular season, uh, winning the President's Trophy, so, um, and, and unfortunately losing to us again. So, uh, but you guys went out there, you went out there and made the move that needed to be made. Uh, very surprisingly, you lost Jonathan Huberdo in the process, but you brought back with you one of the bigger guys in terms of superstardom, I think, in the NHL, and that's Matthew Kachuk. Um, first of all, since you know this is the first time we've actually kind of spoken since then what were your initial reactions when this happened were were you shocked were you surprised were are you skeptical about the future you know last season was his first 100 point season 
uh, and now he's getting all this money. Uh, are you in any? Well, first of all, before I ask you any more, initial reactions to this transaction. It was uh, it was finding out at 11 p.m. and then about to go to sleep, <laughs> and then going from about to go to sleep at 11 p.m. to not being able to go to sleep until 3 a.m. because of the amount of conversations I was having with people around the Panthers media sphere and uh, and also the people around Panthers Twitter joining some Twitter spaces that night. And the thing is, I had to work really early that next morning, like a 10-hour shift at my day job on a Saturday. So oh. it it was not a it was not it was a not so good Saturday as far as the how tired I was at work, but it was it was encouraging knowing that this trade was pulled off. And I made an episode a few days a few days before saying how it's encouraging because even if the trade doesn't get pulled off, you know that Florida is a destination franchise for for, for the NHL that people want to come here now um, versus versus people just wanting to come here and retire. So now they want to actually come in their youth and and be here for a, a long time. And that's what that's what happened with Matthew Kachuk. And and the fact that he's getting his first 100 point season at age 24 instead of age 29 that's that's the that's where you're starting to enter your prime years and yeah. compared to comparing the Claude Giroux and Ben Sherratt trade and to trading first rounders that time it hurts it hurts a little more the fact that they didn't get the cup and you only spent like 20 plus regular season games plus the postseason versus yeah. this time around you're trading a first um, a first round pick yeah you're trading Jonathan Huberto an expiring contract and Mackenzie Weger an expiring contract but two key cornerstone pieces of your team yeah. at the time Still, and a promising co- a prospect in Cole Schwent. You're trading that, but you're trading that for years worth of possible production and years yeah. in his prime versus, and also they're they're banking on the salary cap going up. And a lot of people are, aren't really talking about how much of a weight Bobrovsky's contract had to do with why the trade happened as well, because the if the Florida Panthers were um, to sign uh, Jonathan Huberto and Mackenzie Weger, that would have had them like right at the throat of the salary cap. Yeah. And Mackenzie Weger was always going to be seen as a rental. Jonathan Huberto, who knows what that contract's going to look like towards the tail end. You spoke about it in the last segment about Chernak. Now we're ta- talking about it for a forward and a winger in Jonathan Huberto. Who knows what that's going to look like towards the tail end. So what is the more sure thing towards the tail end? So, one to two year window for this team um, and a sense of urgency for the Panthers had they kept Huberto, it would have been desperation time for the Panthers. And with the lack of assets up against the cap with um, Keith Yandel's buyout on the books this year, I just saw that Tampa Bay Lightning has zero dollars of dead cap this year, which is great for, for them, position for them to be in. But 6.4 million for the Panthers, you know, it's a little bit of a resetting type of year. But 15 million next year. And of course, Bill Daly talking about the cap going up. Um, significantly in two off seasons, at least that's the hope. There'll, there'll possibly be more flexibility around this uh, this Florida Panthers team over the long term. Yeah, their defense core is going to take a hit um, this season, but hey, um, the Florida Panthers believe in a guy like Gustav Forsling to be on that top pair with Aaron Ekblad. Uh, you know, Rago Gudis is on an expiring deal as well, but they're also going to rely on Matt Kierstead's of the world. Lucas Carlson's, um, maybe Michael Delzato as well um, for the Panthers. Um, so the, they're going to be they're going to be looking to some of those guys to fill in, um, plug in the holes here here and there for its defense core for the Panthers. Yeah, and you brought up a, a name I actually wanted to talk about, and that was Aaron Ekblad. Uh, 
had a has had a pretty rough go of it in terms of injury over the last couple of years. Uh, what kind of production are you looking at of him uh, over these next uh, over these next couple of weeks, and then obviously going into the NHL season? What are you looking at of Ekblad? Are you starting to see maybe a decline in this year, or are you starting to see you know more of the same from Ekblad? And how can he stay healthy? I see a very motivated Aaron Ekblad because I see him um, in the – he was part of the BioSteel camp up in Toronto uh, along with Sam Bennett uh, just a few weeks ago. AP Hockey Group is always posting videos of him uh, at the Panthers rink uh, doing some drills. Uh, Ryan Lomberg is, is also a player there. South Florida native, uh, Minnesota Wild player Brandon Duhame has also been there as well. And he also Aaron Ekblad just got married this off off season, so maybe it's a little bit of a different step for him. I mean, Bobrovsky having a kid elevated his game uh, um, last off season, so that 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 could possibly play a role in, in that. And of course, with Jonathan Huberto gone, I don't know how the ladder works as far as leadership. Who is a hierarchy outside of the cat of the person who has the C? But now with how long Aaron Ekblad has been with the Panthers. I mean, it's crazy to think now he's in his eighth, ninth, ninth year with the team. With now Huberto gone, Aaron Ekblad basically by default is second in line as far as leader in, in the locker room. Maybe maybe right behind him is uh, Bobrovsky or Kachuk um, and there as well because Kachuk does have a, does have a leadership of, or of, of, he has leadership in him uh, I'm, as well. So that that's definitely an opportunity for Ekblad to step up as a as a leader. As far as injuries, we can't predict when these things happen. Um, of course, one one two years ago it was one leg. This past year was just another. Uh, but the the most recent one wasn't as severe as the first. So that's a positive sign for Aaron Ekblad. So uh, we're we're just hoping that he is back to back to full health. He seems from all the videos that I've seen, even though there's um, only so much that we can draw from that, is that you know he looks to be very mobile and he's going to be able to start the season for the Panthers. What are we looking at as Spencer Knight this year? Uh, I really thought he was going to be your starting goaltender after what he did a couple of years ago. Uh, but it looked like Brabovsky took that back this past year. So uh, what what is it, what is that combination going to look like this year? Is it going to be more of Sergei's net, or are we still going to see split time between those two guys? I think we're going to still um, – Paul Maurice has that reputation of, like, riding his number one. So uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna see fifty five plus more like more than likely from Sergey Bobrovsky pending performance, of course, seeing where where it goes from there. But um, the encouraging thing for this front office is for uh, Sergey Bobrovsky to get a good portion of the starts. Of course, it's to it's a, after a certain am- amount of time you want Spencer to get that full load. He hasn't played a full season yet, so. He is a, he is going to be an RFA this next offseason coming up. So it's going to be one of the most expensive goalie tandems already in the NHL without him even getting his his uh, bridge deal just yet. So I'm I'm get, I'm and of course I made a whole episode um, relating the Jake Ottinger deal, him getting four million. So we're and and Spencer Knight doesn't have the workload that Jake Ottinger has right now for the Dallas Stars. So we can expect we can expect for sure somewhere under four for Spencer Knight, somewhere around 2.5 to maybe 3.5 for, and get maybe like 30, 
um, 30 to 35 games for Spencer Knight. But he struggled a little bit last year, especially in December, but it, he found a way to improve his game around uh, later in the season, played a lot better towards the towards the end. Um, so that's an encouraging sign. Um, and it's not – I know they brought in Alex Lyon, um, who won an AHL championship with the Chicago uh, Wolves. Um, they brought in um, – Andrew Hammond, the Hamburglar, not really. I don't think he's going to be much of a competition for Spencer Knight. Um, but there, there is an opportunity. There, there's the, he's still waiver exempt, so there's opportunities to send him down if he if you need to give him a few games. But the hope is to to still keep him up here, get him a few a uh, few reps with the with the big with the best talent in the world in in NHL hockey players. So that's the that's the hope for th- this management, but also give more of the starts to Bobrovsky so that cap hit next year isn't so high for the Panthers. Well, I'm, I'm very well, I'm very much impressed with this, with this Panther. Uh, I'm excited to, to go into battle against you guys in the season. And uh, now that you guys got, I guess, you know, Owen Tippett and I mean, uh, you know, uh, Hooper, you know, those, those, that that was a good player right there, but now that you have a little bit more of that star power, a little bit more, you know, in, in Matthew Kachuk, I'm even more excited to go against you guys. Uh, uh, and remember, my Lightning fans go and 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 chip in in on uh, Armando in, in, the, in the middle of the season, see how they're doing, uh, give them some slack when we play against them uh, because. You know, this is probably going to be the best NHL season between these two uh, these two rivals in a very long and, um Yeah, it, it's going to be an interesting season. I, I think that the Lightning still have some question marks, even though we spoke about a little bit about it. Uh, we didn't really get to it on the show, but, you know, they do have some question marks that, that pulled around. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be a great season between these two. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, um, let's uh, transition over to segment number three, a quick uh, segment number three. And we're going to discuss about uh, futures and where we expect these teams to finish uh, next. We'll, we'll discuss that next here on the this crossover edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast and Locked On Tampa Bay Lightning. Third and final segment here on this crossover edition of Locked On Panthers and Locked On Tampa Bay Lightning and um, Adam, uh, for for these two teams, um, even though they're bringing most of their core back uh, for the for the Tampa Bay Lightning, and uh, Florida went through their fair share of changes. Of course, the 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 life cycles that these two teams in are obviously different based on Florida just getting out of the yeah. first round for the first time in 26 years. Tampa Bay going to two three straight Stanley Cups, winning two of them. Um, where do you where do you see as far as regular season uh, finishes uh, for the Tampa Bay Lightning? Where are you seeing them? I, I think we're going to see them finish about in the same spot they did last year. That was third in the division. Um, I think that John Cooper saw the, the tick and fatigue. Uh, especially late in the playoffs, uh, that Ranger series at certain times, and especially in the in the final against the Avalanche, I think going to manage things a little bit different this year. I don't think I mean the, the playing Hadrian uh, beginning of the season last year. Uh, same time, you know, there was there was still like injuries 
happening here. And so, you know, I think that John Cooper will go out and, and kind of with the same mentality, though, that we kind of had last year in terms of, you know, let's just get into the playoffs. But I don't think we're going to be as right off the bat. I also think we might see a, a Tampa club that is still going to be figuring out into the new year um, just because, uh, you know, this team is, has been so fatigued over the last couple of years. I think there's going to be a lot of uh, uh, switching around on the roster as well as I don't think we're going to see a lot out of Andre Vasilevsky early on. I think Andre Vasilevsky, he, he started only he started 50 plus games for the first time in his career last year. And, and I think we're going to see a little bit less of that this year. Um, so, you know, we're going to see a Tampa team that I think I, I wouldn't be shocked that in the the last couple of weeks of the season, you know, if Boston plays well, we might be in a conversation where we might see a team like the Boston Bruins, you know, right on their coattails at the end of the season. Wow, you're 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 predicting the the Bruins to still be in in the race. I mean, I mean th- th- those are one of the few teams that you can't bet against because yeah. they just every time you doubt them, they still find a way. It's, one year has to be that year for the Bruins to just for them to go bye bye, especially with all the injuries that they uh, they're going to be dealing with, with for the first uh, two months of the season with Brad Marchand and Charlie McAvoy. Do you think the top three changes um, as far as the Atlantic Division, Toronto, Florida? Tampa Bay, or 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 is it or are are any of the other Atlantic Division teams going to finish in the top three this year? The top three is going to change, I think, and then these teams will fade out. I think we're going to see a lot of Detroit this year. I wouldn't be surprised if Ottawa's in the mix as well, but I I I mean I don't think there's two teams that are, are ready to take any of those. Spots away from from three, so you know I, I still think we'll see it towards the end of the season. Though I still think it'll they won't be in you know the conversation in terms of or or an actual threat of taking it, but I think they'll be kind of peeking over the fence and, and being like, all right, let's let's make some noise, but it will be a little too late uh, for for those clubs. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking the same thing. Uh, Toronto has a lot of. Uh question marks as well um yeah. for, as far as as far as goaltending but i think their defense um in front of matt murray is a lot better um than what they do what they do have in in ottawa when when he was there and of course um what matters for matt murray is of course staying healthy um there yeah. uh, and for tampa bay um of course they have t- the best goaltender in the division and they have the best um they have the best uh defenseman in the division as well in Victor Hedman. So those are the things that Tampa Bay does have going for them. And that's, what's going to really keep this um, franchise continuing to, to be at least in the playoff conversation. And of, of course, in that top three, even if they, even if they're not sprinting uh, towards the end, um, they, they've really been, they've really had that marathon mentality from what I've seen. And the Panthers last year, they had that sprint. Um, they had that sprint towards the president's trophy, um, I'm hoping that for the Panthers, it's more of a marathon type of approach for for them. And we're we're gonna we're but of course a, a, a fast start for Barkov, especially in October November, which is usually his uh, months that um, he's a little slow. He he mostly picks it up towards the December and to um to the end of the season. So hoping for the Panthers that there's a little bit of pace as well, and ho- hopefully the this is uh this is a team that won't be fatigued. 
um, when they, once they do get to round two, because it seemed like that all their energy was exerted all throughout the regular season and, e- and even before round one against Washington. And it all just got exposed in round two. And of course, lack of adjustments to more of the Panthers um, not being not putting their their bodies on the line like Tampa Bay did. They didn't even make life hard for Andre Vasilevsky, let alone when Pucks did eventually get to Vasi, he was able to make sa- um, make make saves. So that's what I'm hoping for a different ap- approach for the Panthers um, as far as that pace. And of course, put being able to put your body um, and and helping your goalie out just like uh, like what Tampa Bay did. And hey, first matchup for the for the Florida Panthers and Tampa Bay Lightning is an October twenty first matchup at FLA Live Arena. Just the Panthers' second home game of the season, right after opening night of the uh, against the Philadelphia Flyers on the nineteenth. So Adam, it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. And there's also a December game in Tampa that I'm hoping to get to um, as I live like not too far from there. So. Really excited for the season for uh, both uh, our teams. That's for sure. Yeah, it's going to be a hell of a season. The, I, you know, I think this year is going to be off the charts in terms of crazy things happening. So, especially in the Atlantic Division. So, uh, it's you know, what better way to, to to preview it than with your division rival? So, uh, excited mm-hmm. for, for things to get started. Yeah, and let's not be surprised if uh, if we end, if our teams both end up meeting in the in the playoffs once again for the right before right in the first twenty plus years of uh, these two franchises zero playoff matchups and there's a possibility that we could see three in a row, which means Flor- um, the state of Florida hockey it's 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 a uh, it, it's it's hyped up to what it what to what it should be uh, and and definitely right. exciting. But Adam, I want to thank you for doing this crossover edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast and Locked On Tampa Bay Lightning podcast. For the people on my feed, tell them where they could follow you online. You could follow the show at LO underscore Lightning on Twitter, as well as Locked On underscore Lightning on Instagram. Give me a follow on Twitter at Danky Dank, D-E-N-K-Y-D-A-N-K. Love hearing from all you guys. And make sure to subscribe to the pod on YouTube. Uh, And Armando, why don't you tell my my listeners, where they can find you. They can follow me personally on Twitter at MondoMan12. Uh, right before the preseason, you'll see a lot of, of course, Miami Dolphins takes. Um, Panthers uh, media day is September 21st, so you might be seeing a lot of uh, um, tweets out of me of what the what the players are saying. And, of course, pre- the first preseason game is uh, September 26th against the National Predators, a split squad game. And, of course, their prospect tournament is next week where prospects of Tampa Bay, Carolina and Nashville will all be uh, facing off against each other in Raleigh, North Carolina. So uh, exciting times ahead. So Mondo Man 12 for my personal account. The The show Twitter page is at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And of course, you can follow uh, Locked On Florida Panthers on YouTube. So thank you uh, once again, Adam, and I'll see you next time. I'll see you next time.